Welcome to Day Zero Update for May 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Dan Victorio. And yeah, we've got a bunch of news here. Uh, nothing really too huge, but some stuff that has potential. Uh, we might be finding out about the next Dragon Quest games uh, mm-hmm. by next week or so. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got a new game coming to Game Pass at launch. Mm-hmm. Probably won't be able to guess it, but <laughs> uh, there's a classic game that I hear people talking about all the time. is like one of their favorites that uh, is finally coming out in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, EA decided to let us know when their show is happening, and it's nowhere close to any of the E3 stuff. Nope. <laughs> so, so much for that. Yep. Uh, we still got bad news for Brandon. And he's supposed to get a PS5. Yeah. Uh, Xbox has an idea for how to address that sort of issue. Mm-hmm. And we got some Ubisoft news to end the show. So yeah, before we get to the news here, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. I am going to start off here. Uh, been streaming Ratchet & Clank Future Crack in Time. Mm-hmm. As the, the newest in this quest of doing all these uh, Ratchet & Clank games. Yeah. And been enjoying that a lot. Uh, it's definitely a noticeable step up and sort of a point where they, where Insomniac probably was looking to do some new things. Yeah. Series. Yeah. Is this where it uh, jumped over to the PS3? This is the third PS3 game. Okay. Yeah. So we're in the PS3 era now. Yeah. Uh, uh, the cutscenes take a noticeable step up mm-hmm. in improvements. Uh, they have a really nice style to them. Uh, there is some actual interesting story to the mm-hmm. whole thing, uh, especially lore-wise, as Nefarious is sort of back. Uh, he is doing his whole thing. You're learning more about the Lombaxes from Alistair mm-hmm. there. Uh, what else is there? Uh, they changed out how you progress between planets. Mm-hmm. The, the first four games are all just basically... Uh, you finish this level, you get a little video bot that tells you, like, here's the next level you should go to. And you just kind of go straight through. Yeah. Whereas here, there's still a little bit of that, but uh, I don't think there's been any info bots that show you a video for what you're doing next. It's more just mm-hmm. story reasons you learn. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Then, uh, But between planets, you get this neat little like open-world-ish area in mm-hmm. your ship where you kind of take on some combat. There's like little mini planets you can go to, to get uh Zoni, which you use to upgrade your ship mm-hmm. as you research and cert- certain uh, thresholds for that stuff, as well as it, there's like a bare minimum to just open up the next planet sort of thing or the next sector. Uh, but yeah, the the planets are the little mini planets are pretty nice. There's some gold bolt ones. Some are just for Zoni. Uh, some are just for story reasons and such. You might get quests to go for that because there are people throughout each sector that have extra things you can do for bolts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's uh, a pretty nice shake up there. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is like the actual first kind of good space combat in the series. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that uh, that is pretty nice. Uh, maybe the one negative I have is the hover hover boots you get. 
Yeah. That uh, are pretty nice for the most part, mm-hmm. but when they're expecting precision, it doesn't quite have it. Uh, yeah, because one of the planets, little mini planets, was just a series of platforms and ramps on them to launch you up to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, if you're just standing still and you go to push forward, it'll just turn your character to the side and go flying off. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's just the the sticks on my dual shocker just old at this point, but uh, I don't think it's necessarily that because I'm literally just holding up on it when I'm going and just the character decides to turn to the side and leap off to their death mm. sort of thing. So points where I just had to stop and get off of the thing because it was just pissing me off. Uh, but yeah, the one of the nice things they did is Zircon was kind of a gadget before, mm-hmm. which meant you had to purchase them. At, they're like completely separate from the weapon, so they don't level up. And now they just made Mr. Zircon a weapon. Mm. So you can hang out with you and kill enemies. You talk shit about aliens all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really nice uh, shit talking there. So <laughs> that's uh, a really nice part of it. So a lot of like the, the little mini planets where I'm just killing a bunch of enemies, I just let him do most of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just run around. It's like he's my bodyguard kind of thing. So yeah, um, enjoying this a lot. The Clank stuff is the best in the series as it's more proper action stuff uh, with some puzzles mm-hmm. in there. Uh, the puzzles are kind of they're kind of like uh, you are creating like different versions of Clank to go press mm-hmm. on these certain buttons to open up other stuff for yeah. other versions of Clank to do their own things. So you're kind of and you only got like sixty seconds total, which so far I haven't gotten close to that but you have to pay attention like okay i get on this button it pulls this platform down i need to sit on that for a few seconds so the other one can has time to actually get on there and that gets up to the next thing and you're like okay now there's another wrinkle so i have to redo this one technically to do the same thing but then i know what the second thing i gotta do you know that kind of stuff there's layers of solutions to it mm-hmm. that is just really well done fun to figure out it kind of helps uh flesh out his side of the game in a way that the series has never really done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second sort of stuff they give you is these weird little planets where you're kind of fixing the paradoxes that are happening on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're kind of just shooting this laser onto it, and that stuff isn't quite as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like three waves, and they're just constantly adding more wrinkles to it. Like others, these one things will just go and break the the paradoxes you've fixed and that kind of stuff. Uh, others like bombs that'll fix stuff in the radius that it explodes. Another one that like gives you more power when you're doing it. Another one that slows down time, that kind of stuff. But it's like three waves of it. And by like the third of third time I was doing it, I was like, man, I hope this isn't like as uh, much of a thing as the, the regular puzzles are. Cause that stuff Ooh. was a lot more interesting than this is, but we'll see. Uh, the neat thing is the sort of bot character that Clank is hanging out with, Sigmund, is voiced by Nolan North, mm-hmm. which you might not necessarily be able to tell because mm-hmm. it's not a Nathan Drake voice. Nope. But when that character yells, I can hear the, the Nathan Drake yell mm-hmm. in his voice. So there's that kind of thing to it. Oh, yeah. But 
yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, definitely nice kind of uh, evolution of the series mm-hmm. for this. So uh, I'm excited to kind of keep playing it. Uh, then we'll get to into the Nexus, and that'll be the end of this whole whole feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also been playing at PBA Pro Bowling. I mentioned on Let's Weekend that I got this off the current sale on PSN, like mm-hmm. seven fifty. Uh, something like that. This is the new game from Farsight, the makers of Pinball Arcade. And it is a bowling game, uh, officially licensed for the PBA. So it has a bunch of the pros in it. I'm sort of going through the career mode right now. Mm-hmm. And I was figuring out how to actually do like hook shots, hook throws, that kind of stuff. Because uh, it was a bit different than I thought. Uh, so when you're using the right stick, you kind of pull it back to start the meter to fill up. Then you push it up when you want the want it to go, and it has like a little bit on there to tell you like this is where you would get like a perfect shot for the type of ball you're throwing. Uh, so sometimes it'll be higher up on the meter, or lower, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can kind of do a little bit of an angle shot with that if you, you know, push it off to the side when you're going up. Uh, but it's not the way you do a hook, which I figured out is you hold left or right on the uh, left stick while you're doing that mm-hmm. uh, and I had to actually get a ball that was made for hooking because the, the one I was using regularly was just one where I was just trying to figure out like a straight straight shot mm-hmm. uh, for a strike uh, so yeah I figured it out doing pretty well with it just need to kind of learn a bit more of a better better angles for it because I'm getting pretty close but also just not getting the the strikes regularly regularly like I want, but yeah, uh, still been good on that front. Uh, let's see. Also been playing some more Subnautica Below Zero, so I've mm-hmm. found out where the uh, the dual sense stuff is, and as and it's tied to certain items that you get, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, so like the the ones that you get are like the flashlight. It has a little click to it when you're pushing it down for when you're turning it on. It's like, that's it. Uh, I think it's the same thing when you do the same thing on your like little sea glide, which is like a little vehicle that you hold on to that lets you swim a little bit faster. And normal, mm-hmm. but it also has a flashlight on it and like a map. Uh, so that kind of has that same kind of click. Uh, then it also will play some of the uh, little audio messages you get through these speakers, which it doesn't play them by default like it does in Subnautica. So that's a, that's a weird thing where I was like, wait, why is it letting me turn this speaker on if it's not going to show it, if it's not going to play anything? I started playing some stuff, and it was like, oh, okay. Then I couldn't tell if it was just shitty audio or if it was from the the speakers, but I don't think the speakers are supposed to be that bad. So I think it was just... Mm. They added effects onto the the audio logs to make it sound like it was really shitty for some reason. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've been getting more in further into the game. I uh, got the uh, met another person that has their own like weird mech suit that is pretty mm-hmm. neat. Uh, and I also found the aliens part of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all weird, but. Uh, which that was a big part of the the first game as well as you kind of go exploring around the ship 
that crash and you find other shit that's going on mm-hmm. on this planet. Uh, so yeah, that's been uh, pretty nice for what that is. Uh, looks really nice and all that. Uh, I'm just kind of disappointed in the the use of the uh, triggers stuff. There's like very little rumble that I've seen, which it only makes sense because this game, this series originated on the PC. Yeah. And so having played the the first game, I'm pretty sure I've never felt rumble in the Xbox One or PS4 versions of that game mm-hmm. either. So obviously playing it on PC, you know, mouse and keyboard, there's not really any rumble in those things unless you're paying a lot of money for those. Mm-hmm. I imagine most games don't support that stuff anyway. Yeah. So it seems like that's just not a thing that they ever really implement in these games, which is uh, a bit disappointing because there's a lot of good use of that stuff I would like. Mm-hmm. You know, like when animals attack me, that kind of stuff, or I bump yeah. into walls, that kind of stuff. That would be nice, but especially coming off of Returnal. This is like a, this one, like the PlayStation blog had a post on their site. It was basically like, oh, here's upcoming games and how they're using the DualSense and all this. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the games that was mentioned on there. I was like, oh, cool. I'm excited to see how that is. And it's like, oh, nope. It's not even close to what it really needed to be uh, mentioned in that sort of article. But I imagine that was more because it was something coming out pretty soon mm. uh, instead of something that was noteworthy. Yeah. But hoping there are other tools that have better stuff to it. I just kind of wish it wasn't tied directly just to the tools. Uh, but yeah, that's been that. Uh, I've also been playing some more Days Gone. Oh. Uh, kind of jump back into that. Uh, see how it looks and holds up and all that. And it's still holds up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing some nest cleaning in there. Uh, which was tough for this one area I was in. I was like, Four out of six were just in this mm-hmm. one building, in and around this one building. The other two were like spread out pretty far away. So it was a lot of work just going around and trying to get all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like having this one uh, mission that was just clear out this camp of weirdos in the forest. Uh, and I just mm-hmm. sat there and led zombies to them, let them take them out. And eventually did. Took a little while, but mm-hmm. uh, eventually got them all killed by zombies. So that was uh, pretty nice and started upgrading the bike a bit. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I hadn't killed enough zombies that I had enough ears and all that to get a bunch of money out of it. So yeah. it wasn't too bad for the upgrades. I just need to do more for the, the Copeland camp to unlock some stuff. Yeah. Uh, cause there's still some of the more powerful things that uh, will require more doing to get better equipment for the bike. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's been pretty much it, Brandon. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, um, over the last couple of days, I've been playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I got it uh, on my PS4, and obviously, I'm doing all these games chronologically. So I'm currently playing the first one, um, and. I gotta tell you, as far as like the visuals are concerned, uh, the environments compared to the original are oh, it's like night and day. Um, the ones in Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the environments they have for the first for the first game are absolutely gorgeous. 
Um, they, compared to the original where the colors were, I mean, they looked really impressive for the Xbox 360 at the time, but by modern standards, they look very drab and muddy. Um, here, they look so much brighter, and there's so much more detail and better, um, just better, it, it, it's just shinier all around, basically. Um, now, that cannot necessarily be said for the um, human uh, characters that are in the game. Um Obviously, they've essentially taken like all the upgraded models they took from the third Mass Effect game and have sort of wound them back into the first one. And like as far as the actual textures are concerned, they look great. The problem is, is they're still using the like original um, animation system that the fir- that the original games used, and. You know how people talked about how the animations in Mass Effect and Yamino looked a little unnatural? Yeah, um, they still look pretty stiff here as well. Now, I will point out that they definitely emote a little better, but as far as, like, other things, like, uh, uh, you know, like lip syncing, for example, is off. Um, the eyes are do have this sort of this sort of weird thing where they kind of look like they're wondering a little bit. Um, and that that's not universal for all of the character models. Uh, some of them uh, are better than others. Um, as far as like the actual gameplay is concerned, um, if you play you know mass back at this point, you kind of know what to expect. Uh, you're going to, various planets, you're doing various jobs, there's, you know, talking and dialogue trees. Um, there's also uh, the actual combat, and the combat, again, is pretty solid. I mean, it's basically just a cover shooter, but I will say, though, that uh, the game as it is now, the enemy AI is not the best. Um, sometimes it's well, let's just be honest, at least, especially at the beginning of the game, the enemy AI is just straight-up suicidal. <laughs> um, and other times, it's kind of wandering around, uh, not exactly aiming at anything. Um, there are points where it'll literally just, like, get right up to, it'll walk up to either you or either one of your squad mates that you've got with you. Um but honestly, other than all that, I'm freaking loving it. I mean, I, I gotta, you gotta remember that I, me and the Mass series are very, very tight. You know, I played the original Mass Effect all the way back when it first came out on the Xbox 360 for Christmas of that year. So, as you can probably guess, I've got a lot of sentimental value attached to this series and yeah it's like uh there's there are points where i have deja vu but there's also a lot of stuff i've forgotten too um and really i just can't wait to experience this whole trilogy again um other than that uh i've also been playing lots of streets of rage 4 um 
I've now gotten who my favorite character is now to play as. It's Cherry, simply because she has probably my two favorite moves of the game, which is that thing she does in her normal combo set where she jumps up and punches down at the person at the whoever it is you're beating up like in midair which i will admit can be problematic when you've got one of those stages where there's like these big gaping holes in it that you can fall into but she makes up for it with that other move she has where she jumps up onto the person's shoulders delivers like a dozen or so punches and then you know gives them the frankensteiner you know backwards onto the pavement but um yeah that game is uh, that game is definitely a lot of fun i definitely now understand why it was so many uh so many of smash pads game of the year back last year so yeah that's uh that's what i've been doing so what about you dandro yeah um so as i stated last week um i went ahead and downloaded the um world's end club demo uh from the switch eShop. And um, note that I'm, I'm I'm not somebody that ever finished a Danganronpa game, nor have I finished any of the uh, Zero's Escape games. So um, I'm kind of in unfamiliar territory when it comes to going the motions through with this one. Um, so from what I can tell, at least from this demo, uh, you pretty much uh, play the leader of this like uh, high school club like going on a field trip to an aquarium and all of a sudden like they get locked in and then they have to play this game where they pretty much have to elim- eliminate each other and they're all wearing wristbands that have various tasks written on them and these tasks are things that their classmates have to do in order to win the game and mm-hmm. if um, any of their classmates performs their task the game is over and they win um, otherwise like everybody tries to eliminate each other in certain ways. Like, for example, one of them is, oh, um, don't show your task until 10 minutes before the game is over. And if that person is um, eliminated or the the time runs out, then, yeah, uh, that person would be eliminated along with other people connected to that person. So when I got through it, uh, it just seemed like I was just going through... uh, the motions, it, it it didn't really seem like there was anything I could do to really differentiate what actions you're supposed to do. It seems like everything is supposed to be done in a specific way, which uh, kind of threw me off guard because, like, uh, um, in, in regards to, like, the really good um, in-real-life escape games, uh, normally there are multiple ways to solve a puzzle. Here, it seemed like you had to really follow a linear path. And I don't know if I was a big fan of that, but um, the end of the demo, I mean, as you would expect with, with this kind of game, uh, kind of let things off the rails and I am interested in seeing what happens next. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully Nisa can uh, send a code for that so I can go ahead and play from there. I think the game comes out in about two weeks. And um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, my one gripe would be the voice acting. Um, the, the dub is like I wouldn't say it's bad but the voices are all annoying and that pretty much just makes it you know bad by my own standards. So yeah, there's that. Um, aside from that, and uh, the usual Animal Crossing and like NBA, I've been playing. Um, I've also been playing, uh, or I got back into um, Ratchet and Clank 2016, uh, the game that was based on the movie, based on the original game. So yep. it's, it's a reboot of sorts. Um, I don't know if uh, Chris already went through it in his playthrough of all the Ratchets, but uh, yeah. So 
I'm kind of in unfamiliar territory with this one. Like, I own most of them, but I've never had time to actually play any of them. The only game I actually played, and I believe I finished, was um, Secret Agent Clank, which came out on the PSP years and years ago. I actually reviewed it when we were Gamer 2.0 back then. Mm-hmm. And it was a game I enjoyed, but um, it was also... I mean, it's Secret Agent Clank, so you would expect there to be like some sort of uh, stealth involved, and the stealth in that game was really, really bad. But the the puzzles uh, that you do as Clank, which I'm sure, um, which I'm assuming is done in like every game, uh, were all really good. So that was one reason why I liked it. And it's actually Clank segments in the game that I really like the most with this title. Um, I'm not heavily invested into the story because like, as you go through every level, in my opinion, it, it seems like things go, go go way too fast. I don't know anybody's name other than Ratchet and Clank. Like they're all pretty forgettable to me. Um, but aside from that, like the, the game is gorgeous. You know, despite coming out on the PS4 years ago for like forty bucks, or, like thirty bucks, however it cost when it first came out. And um, yeah, like I'm just trying to get into uh, uh, Ratchet mode so I can really enjoy it when the when the new game comes out next month. Um, I'm a little more than halfway through, I think. Um, I'm not really using a guide, but I'm pretty much just using it to like show uh, how far I've gotten. And um, yeah, so far I'm in, uh, I think it's called Core 2, and I'm using um, Clank in another another mission where I have to use like his his various uh, robots to, you know, make bridges, make trampolines and things like that. And I don't know. In my opinion, like uh, the clank levels are also the funnier ones. Like a lot of the jokes in the game like fall flat for me, so I don't really have a lot of like nostalgia or uh, appreciation for some of these jokes. But uh, so far, the game is well done. Um, the only thing I don't really like are the uh, the Star Fox X uh, S missions where uh, the the controls feel kind of clunky. But aside from that, like the platforming is responsive. I wish there was a little a, l- a little bit more platforming. And uh, using the weapons is fun when you decide to, like, when you actually come out with a plan. Like, I noticed that the game is harder when you try to take on all sorts of uh, enemies at once without really knowing what uh, weapons to use. Like, granted, you can use any weapon to kill anything, but it's really a matter of, like, finding the right balance. Uh, you also want to be leveling up your weapons the proper way and uh, things like that. So, yeah, it's it's solid so far. I'm not too, too into it, but it's definitely uh, an enjoyable time that I've been spending most of the weekend with. And that's about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be playing that game. Cause it's largely the same as the first one. Uh, just the story just has nothing to do with the, the overarching uh, universe. Cause it is sort of based on the movie story, mm-hmm. which changes some things a little bit. Uh, but the, but the gameplay is a lot better. I've also never seen the movie, so as far as like things being coherent for me, like it's definitely not there. But maybe I should. I don't know. You're playing the it's, game, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you're yeah. already seeing like a third of the movie. <laughs> yeah, whenever the the thing pops up, like you know, not recording gameplay here uh, for the cutscenes, those are movie scenes. Yeah, I had a feeling because those are actually high quality scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're directly out of the movie. It just makes no sense that it's like, oh, you can't record this because obviously people with Elgados and whatnot can record them all they want. But it's also it's disjointed because the movie has stuff that's not in it that is in the game. Like I think when Clank is escaping the factory at the beginning, like that's not in the movie. He's just like, oh, fell out of the chute. I'm out of the building. Okay, we're leaving. 
mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing versus you know escaping from the the big bad robot dude mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing which they do a few times throughout the game uh yeah the the gameplay is more representative of what the rest of the series mm-hmm. is like it's just that first game they didn't have the strafing in there they didn't have the leveling up uh the controls are a bit more loose uh pretty easy to just like run off of platforms and get uh tangled up when trying to take out enemies uh cuz things like the the flamethrower weapon you have to like literally just spin around in circles because you don't really have any great control to aim at them. That kind of stuff. Yeah, so I don't actually plan on going back and playing the rest of the series, but as far as its flow goes, is it pretty much just arrive at, arrive at a new world, upgrade your weapon, and um, just perform the, the, the checklist of, of tasks? Or is it a little more open-ended than that? Uh, that first game is basically all that, because it doesn't have you know the leveling up. So you're just literally just hoping you have enough bolts for the next weapon that you're unlocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, just go through the level. and All those levels are basically uh, fork levels, essentially. Where it's either at yeah. the, the point you start at, you see like the, the two or three paths mm-hmm. to go through for the main objectives, or you run in a little bit, yeah. and then there's a fork somewhere. You have to figure out, like, yeah. oh, which one's the main quest fork? Which one's the side path? Yeah. Uh, trying to figure that stuff out. So, yeah, it's that's kind of the design they use for the first four games, and a crack in time is where they say, like, "Hey, what if we don't do that? Yeah, what if we flesh it out a bit more? Because there's mm-hmm. more story in each of the levels, so that uh, okay. you are sort of learning things as they're going on. You don't find an info bot at the end of the levels, like, hey, this next thing's going on. Let's go there. It's like, actual yeah, with the uh, for why you're going to the, the place, yeah." Um, I'll say the with the first Ratchet Clank game, you can definitely still still tell that they were still kind of going by the Spyro playbook and the way that they, you know, arrange all the tasks and stuff that you have to do, um, in kind of a semi-open-ended manner. Um, but and so much so that compared to the rest of them, the first Ratchet and Clank game kind of feels like a prototype. If I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, it was kind of a lot of the the plef- the Sony franchises there. Yeah. Like the first ones where they tried out their ideas and then second ones where they tried to nail what they were going for. Yeah, the, the Jack's the only one that doesn't do that because they're like, hey, let's do GTA. Yeah, the the Jack and Daxter games, I mean, holy crap, they go through such a freaking identity switch between first and second game. Yeah. Um but yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, that game's not a tough platinum. The the one issue is the what is it the uh, the disco ball weapon? Yeah, is the main one where you want to use that on every enemy in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we got to make them all. Yeah, yeah, you should be doing that wow. as soon as you get it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's like the last. Yeah, I was I was uh, thinking about going for it, but then I saw that you have to beat the game in challenge mode. I didn't really have much uh, interest in that, but maybe we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, that game's a lot of fun. The story is mm. a bit whatever, but that was kind of the first game as well. Yeah, honestly, the series doesn't really like catch its legs until the second one. Yeah, uh, which I see people are like, oh, they messed up the characterization. It's like it's kind of better 
uh, yeah. because Ratchet actually has a reason for being on that planet. Yeah. Or also, he's, like, he's not oh, such a snotty asshole like he is in the first game either. Yeah, where they're just like, oh, you're an asshole, Clank. I don't like you anymore. Uh, that kind of thing, where he's just like throwing a mm. fit. There's only one, I think it's Tools of Destruction, where he's like, you keep talking about these, you know, invisible friends of yours. Uh, why should I listen to you? Then he immediately mm-hmm. does the thing that he, that Clank asked him to because it's only tell him to. I was like, what What was the point of this fit you threw if you're just going to do what the Zony wanted anyway? As like the next area, but yeah. Yeah, at least you'll understand the gameplay stuff before you go into the next one. But I think it's going to be... It seems like it's going to be a fairly more open versus just mm-hmm. these straight linear levels that are just have a couple forks in them. Yeah. Uh, where they're kind of just circular levels, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you end up usually back at the ship at the end of each fork. Yep. Uh, there are not many. The second games where they really start really opening up is they have like a big, big whole area where there are a bunch of uh, crystals to collect mm-hmm. that you can turn in for money after the initial one you need. Initial yeah. one you need. Uh, but that's also just an empty field that enemies mm-hmm. spawn into as you approach them. Yeah. Uh, Nothing really fleshed out until you get to like the PS3 games, mm. which makes sense because they had the the visual power to actually go for more ambitious level design and all that. Yeah, like later that whole state of play where they showed the the area with the whole big city kind of thing is mm-hmm. literally like the first time they've really done that kind of thing. Yeah, because otherwise most of the stages you see are just devoid of most life unless they're a story character. Mm-hmm. Or enemies. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's a little background on Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get to the news here. Uh, we got some Sony news here. The final drops of uh, stuff for Play at Home have been announced, and it's kind of a bit of a, a disappointing end. Uh, no free games here, just free content for a variety of games. Yeah. Uh, let's see, May 17th is the first one, so that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. Mm. Uh, but there are packs for Rocket League, Brawlhalla. There's destruction points for Destruction All-Stars. Mm. There's some uh, card packs for MLB The Show 21. Uh, same for NBA 2K 21. Uh, some stuff for Rogue Company, mm-hmm. World of Tanks and World of Warships, and Warframe. So if you play any of those games, there are some bonus items for that. I think even the the thing for Warframe is like uh, some currency as well. So we get some decent stuff out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting May 20th, there is a Call of Duty Warzone double XP tokens you can get. Mm-hmm. You can get five 60-minute double XP tokens for Warzone. Uh, so you can sort of level up a bit faster in the uh, in that Battle Royale mode for the new season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the double XP tokens can be accessed, accessed exclusively in-game through the message of the day, beginning May 20th through June 6th. Uh, that first batch ends also ends on June 6th. So that's kind of it for that. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit disappointing, but uh, if you grabbed everything, you got like twelve new games. 
to play. So uh, definitely a big improvement on what the the one for last year was, which I think was the Uncharted Collection and Journey, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, just two games, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's be kind of honest. I mean, they're, you know, as the the as the pandemic is kind of winding down, at least for, you know, the global north, at least, uh, we all kind of figured that Sony couldn't wait to pull the plug on this. Um, and I'm kind of not surprised that their last bit of content for this initiative is just kind of a trickle. Yeah. But still, it's quite a bit. I mean, of it's still a thing, but yeah. compared to the stuff they've provided in the past, it's kind of a pithy ending, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to the the next bit of news. They announced days of play for this year. Yeah, which is sort of their whole community uh, sort of event that goes through like the second half of May into June, mm-hmm. usually ending around the time that E3 starts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this time around, they announced a few different things for it. There's the PlayStation Player Celebration, where you sign up on their event with your PSN's PSN sign in mm-hmm. ID uh, to enter, and you just play games, earn trophies. And I think it says, let's see, uh, for each week is a stage. And if the community that is signed up plays a sort of base level of games and uh, earns the base level trophies. They get an exclusive PS4 dynamic theme and a tr- avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dynamic theme is just for the PS4. The avatar is for any of the platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they get the bonus goal, uh, they get extra avatars mm-hmm. to unlock, and you can kind of see what the those are. They're in the below that. Uh, there's some like Astrobot avatars and. Some other stuff in there, uh, so some nice stuff there. Uh, yeah, and if if yeah. let's see, if all goals, uh, excluding bonus goals, are reached, entrants who participate every week will re- receive an additional avatar and dynamic theme mm-hmm. as a bonus. So there's a nice little community thing there for people to work towards. Mm-hmm. I assume it should be pretty easy to get those. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's also going to be a celebration sale. Happening later this month, I would assume probably next week, mm. last week of the month, that would probably be starting. But maybe it'll be this week. I don't know. Uh, have uh, PS4 and PS5 games on sale, as well as some physical accessories and all that. Uh, as well as there's going to be a free online multiplayer weekend later this month. They don't have a date on this. I assume it might be that that last weekend, the 29th and 30th. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that all the the player celebration stuff ends on June 8th so mm-hmm. that'll be leading into E3 they might be having, I don't know if they're going to have like a state of play somewhere because they're not part of E3 mm-hmm. uh, they might be part of whatever Keeley's doing the Summer Game Fest so yeah, we'll see about that but that's going on as well uh, let's see Oh, yeah, we got a new game coming to PC this week, Grindstone. Mm-hmm. The uh, Capybara game that uh, is on the Switch and been on Apple Arcade for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good game. I believe it's also 
the uh, the Epic Game Store game for this week? Yeah, I believe it is. Because so I think they said that on their Twitter. Yeah. Uh, that that was going to be the game out this week. That's sort of the reason for this date. But yeah, that's uh, that's exciting to see. Mm-hmm. The game is fantastic if you're into puzzle games. Oh yeah, yeah. I had the game on. I had the game on uh, Apple Arcade and Switch. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. And so do check that out. Uh, though it might not be the free game. I don't know. I think they just said it's going to be on Epic Game Store because it doesn't mention that here if it's the free one. Mm-hmm. But that'd be a worthy one to have. But who knows? We'll have to see how that actually turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also coming this week, the demo for Scarlet Nexus is launching mm-hmm. first on Xbox. Yeah. On the 21st, and it'll be the 28th for PS5 and PS4. Yeah. And uh, so I'm definitely planning on... Yeah, I'm definitely planning on checking this out, because uh, I gotta tell you, this definitely looks... If nothing else, it definitely looks like something interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, this is a game that you know I've had my eye on since it was first announced at that Xbox Series X event. So um, yeah, looking forward to this mm-hmm. one. Yep, and happening here in just over uh, a week and a half on the twenty seventh, Dragon Quest thirty fifth anniversary special live stream is happening, uh, held by Square Enix, where they will celebrate the thirty fifth anniversary, mm-hmm. as well as the stream will also be sort of. Uh, translated into English uh, live. So uh, that portends, they talk about there being two parts. want to kind of talk about all the existing games mm. that are going on, sort of giving updates for that stuff and merch and the anime and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and part two will be what the new stuff is, uh, as well as Yuji Hori being in there as, as a talk show host uh, by actor Joy. Uh, people are speculating, you know, Dragon Quest Twelve probably get announced. Yeah. Uh, maybe some other stuff. I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah, May twenty seventh is the thirty fifth anniversary when Dragon Quest launched in mm-hmm. Japan on the Famicom. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In addition to um, DQ Twelve, like people are hoping that um, they release the DS remix on any console. So. Hopefully that's coming soon because those uh, DS games are rare now. So, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the first three that are on the uh, the Switch, but not anywhere else. And then that's it outside of 8 and 9 being on the DS and 3DS. And I think 7 is also on the 3DS. 3DS isn't exactly a you know thriving platform anymore, so... Mm-hmm. Even those games are a bit, can be a bit harder to get uh, if you don't have a 3DS. So, yeah, excited to see what what all is announced here. Yeah, also okay. happening pretty soon uh, in June. Uh, the first new colors for the Dual Sense are happening. Yeah. There is yeah. a red one, cosmic red, mm-hmm. and midnight black. I think the depends on the retailer when those are going to be available. Mm. So I don't know what the specific dates are for that stuff. Mm. I think from what I saw, it's the first week of June. Okay. Um, I actually ordered the black one uh, this morning because uh, Target has a Target Circle has a code for ten percent off whatever 
and the controller is counted. But what I'm wondering is um, why the red one is $75 while the black one is 70 Because it's pretty. Yeah. They both are. <laughs> yeah, the more exotic colors tend to be expensive for the the PlayStation Xbox controllers. Yeah, because they have to spend money on the die. <laughs> yeah, that might be actually. Because it's that and the the face buttons and all that are different colors as well. So I don't know. But that stuff tends to be a little bit more expensive for that. So yeah. People wanting a black all black controller, so here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna trade one of my white ones in because it picks up dirt really easily. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Also happening is Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. It's finally gone gold, uh, which Insomniac announced uh, the other day. Yep. That'll be ready in time for the game's launch on June 11th. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I would sure like to play it. Yeah. We'll have more news on that, Brandon. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Happening on June 22nd is the launch of Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance. Yep. It's, and uh, if you have it on, have a Xbox Game Pass on PC or Xbox, uh, you can get it there at launch. Uh, it's the sort yeah. of follow-up to the old Dark Alliance games. Yep. Though not so much in terms of gameplay. Yeah. Sort of changed up a bit, but seems yeah, like but a decent if game you, to get uh, that. Yeah, if uh, you ever, if you're like a Dungeons & Dragons person and you've never played the Dark Alliance games before. Uh, basically, if you've like ever read the Crystal Shard or if you're familiar with you know the character of Drizzt Jordan and the sort of trio of folks he hangs around with, that's basically what the Dark Alliance games are. You play Drizzt and basically the couple of people that hang around with him and beat crap out of people. Yeah. I believe that guy is basically one of the most prolific D&D characters. Yeah, uh, he was created by Ari Salvatore. Uh He's been in, like, God, I don't know how many books, but... Yeah. Yeah, he's been, he, he, he's been around a hot minute, and he's among the most popular. Yeah. Yeah, so there's one of those games that you can kind of check out if you're on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in a little over a month. Yep. Also coming out a little bit after that are two LucasArts classic games, uh, one you might know and one you might not. Uh, the first one is Zombies Ate My Neighbors, as well yep. as Ghoul Patrol. It's going to be mm-hmm. a bundle of the two, I think 15 bucks total. Uh, yeah. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got your... I, uh, I definitely... I. Yeah. Uh, I played the... I played Zombies ate my labors on the SNES back in the day. I don't think I played Ghoul Patrol though. Yeah, that's the thing I've been seeing is like people are like, "What the hell's Ghoul Patrol?" Yeah, like, who uh, the it, hell knows? Yeah, but um, basically for those who were like you know don't quite know what these games were, basically they are like top down action adventure games where you play these two oh so very nineties teenagers, um where you're basically going around and uh, you're shooting zombies. 
and monsters and stuff with like and you're using stuff like you know crossbows and you know stuff like that so it's very child friendly <laughs> yeah i guess it's uh it's the follow-up to zombies ate my neighbors mm-hmm. but focus more on ghouls instead of zombies yeah also i forgot to mention they're hard as hell <laughs> Yeah. Um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors in this particularly is notoriously difficult. Um, I like it's not quite like ghouls and ghosts levels of difficult, but it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, neat for the people that have nostalgia for that stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a, a Lucas Arts pro- it's a Lucas Arts game, so you know you yeah. know it's going to be zany and funny and you know entertaining yeah all at the same time so yeah 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 and uh they're coming in at a pretty good price mm-hmm. to get people in compared to like the uh the boulders gate dark alliance game that came out last week it was like 30 bucks for this game that we're not doing mm-hmm. much to yeah so yeah it seems like if you want a physical version the limited running games will be doing a physical version of that uh for probably switch and ps4 mm-hmm. so that uh, also be on Steam and GOG for the PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get that there. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. And the last date we have here <laughs> is that EA Play Live uh, is happening again this year. Yep. Uh, they're sort of uh, mid-year show saying, like, hey, we're putting out some games this year. We exist. Yeah. Uh, but instead of happening around the same time as E3, like most of the other shows will be, uh, they said, hey, we're going to come in at July 22nd. Yeah, which is nowhere near where E3 is going to be. <laughs> no, this will be like uh, about a month before Madden comes out. Mm-hmm. Probably where they start uh, hyping up that launch. Yeah. Whatever new stuff they're doing there. But that's where people are expecting the next Battlefield to be announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe what else they're doing with Star Wars. Because they kind of don't have a lot announced at the moment. Yeah. That is coming out this year. So it'll be interesting to see like what what all they've got coming out. But it's also yeah, we'll, almost we'll two see. months off. So yeah, a lot of time for leaks to happen. Yeah. More for us to strong arm Dan Reb into giving up company secrets. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh, let's see. Okay, here's like the rest of the news that we've got. Uh, one here comes from the folks at Image and From, Image and Form yeah. Games, uh, makers of SteamWorld, the various SteamWorld games. Uh, they said that yeah. we have shev- several new SteamWorld games in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this in mind, we'll dedicate this Twitter account, the Image and Form Games Twitter account, to SteamWorld Games, old and new. Mm-hmm. Image and Form is Thunderful Games nowadays. Same folks, new name. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, they're like a quest the the card based game is yep. published by thunderful games whereas the other games are uh self published and i think one of them might be published by some other company on certain platforms but uh thunderfuls you know founded by the same person that founded image and form so yeah it makes sense that they are just going to be folded into that and they say that they're just going to be they say, while we're no longer a separate studio from Thunderful, you can count on quality games from the same people and new faces for years to come. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. They're kind of just changing their Twitter account to just a Steam World account, I think. 
Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So to this see what like, else they're going to uh, work on for that series. Yeah. The at this point, the Steam World game basically are like every genre under the sun at this point. Uh, like first, somewhat. First one. Well, I mean, the first the first one was a tower defense game, basically. Yeah. Second one was a platformer. Uh, the third kind one of, was, it was a. It was kind of a Metroidy kind Metroid of thing. Metroidvania. Just, kind of. It was. Yeah. You're third digging. One, uh, third one is uh, Heist, which is the XCOM style game. Yeah, it's very turn based kind of strategy. It's uh, like 2D XCOM. Mm hmm. Uh, the third one is Quest 2, or not Quest yeah. 2, uh, SteamWorld Dig, Dig 2, 2. Yeah, it which was is the more, sequel to Dig. It's like, hey, what if we made that game but bigger? Yeah. And then he got hand to get SteamWorld Quest, and that one's like a RPG deck builder. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. That's a lot of different variety they've done. They a really good job making all of them very good games. Mm-hmm. And managing to keep it, like, like, you know, thematically unified. Yeah. Um, in uh, spite of the fact that they jump hop around genres so much. Yeah. It's they're kind of in the, the realm of like a super massive not super massive, but uh super giant games. Yeah, kinda. Like, they try their hand at a bunch of different genres and usually do really well with them. Mm-hmm. Despite whatever you might think they should be able to do. But yeah. Uh yeah, I'm excited to see what's next. Uh, and hopefully they bring Quest to some other platforms because I think it's just PC and Switch at this point. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we got some news on Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. Yep, the new edition of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, it has this whole little Yuffie campaign thing in there. Yep, uh, it's called Intermission, mm-hmm. and apparently it's just going to be a separate thing from the game. It's just going to. You're going to have Final Fantasy Saved Remake when you get it on PS5, and mm-hmm. uh, Intermission is just going to be a separate download that launches on its own, which is nice for people that just want to play that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't have to necessarily uh, you know, figure out, like, oh, how do I get to that point in the game? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, pure information yeah. there for people. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't played uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, you know, and if you're, like, thinking, like, it's going to be a complete retread of the first Final Fantasy VII, of the original Final Fantasy VII, it is so not. <laughs> like, yeah, one of the things that I love about the fact that they put out that demo that is basically just almost a shot-for-shot remake of the original uh, demo that came out way back in 97 is yeah. that it's a complete lie because as soon as that part is over, the game goes way off the deep end. Yeah, which is one of the nice things that it does. Is it kind of is just a uh, inspired by the original game, but it's not adhering to the original story, mm-hmm. except for certain key storylines. But it's willing to shake things up if it makes it more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. When that comes out on PS5, I think it's next month, isn't it? Mm-hmm. June 10th. So that's less than a month away. So, and you can't even check that out, Brandon, because that's only on the PS5. No, and we're fixing to say why. Yeah, so Sony keeps getting asked about what's going on with the PS5, which despite the sort of uh, shortages, it's still selling incredibly well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the demand is such that uh, they cannot keep up with it. Yeah. Because uh, uh, people have lots of money and some other people are taking advantage of it mm-hmm. for selling it to uh, people for higher than the, the base price. Yeah. But yeah, the chief financial officer over at Sony, Hiroki Totoki, uh, believes that this uh, shortage will continue e- even into 2022. Yeah. Uh, by saying, I don't think demand is calming down this year, and even if we secure a lot more devices and produce many more units of the PS5 next year, our supply wouldn't be able to catch up with demand, which is kind of the incredible things. You might think, like, oh, there's just no units. And it's like, no, there's been a ton. It's just they're dropped in such a way that they're not uh, available like all at once. Yeah. And if you're thinking about scalpers, Sony ain't going to do nothing about scalpers. They make yeah. money either way. They don't care. Yeah, it's kind of on the retailers to kind of figure that stuff out, and they are starting to figure it out. Yeah, kind of. Far too it's late, just, as far as I'm concerned. But Yeah, it's kind of at a point where it's like the, the shoe market where there's so many people looking at each of these drops that your chances of coming away with one just shrinks uh, incredibly. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So basically at this point, my two options are I can either track down one of these scalpers and jack their cars, or I can just rob a Best Buy. <laughs> Yeah, you can become a porch pirate. Yeah. Uh, just make sure you are uh, fully covered up. Yeah, fully covered up and make sure they don't have like one of those exploding paint packets attached to it. Make sure you don't do something stupid like have your name tag on your outfit or whatever. Like that happened. Yeah. <laughs> or they drive their car and you can easily see the license plate. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Like, wouldn't you think if you're doing the shit late at night, you'd be smart enough to cover up your license plate? Like, as long as you're on that street, at least. I would think people that are doing this are not the smartest people. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's that. Uh, Xbox? Yeah, it's, Go ahead. It's, it's really interesting seeing how um, some of these stores are trying to address it. Like, I mean, I'm somebody who was able to help Chris, and now his was through Costco. I got mine direct from Sony, and then I was lucky enough to get another um, from GameStop. So, like, most of mine were, like, all from various places, and I was never able to double dip anywhere. Um, But it's interesting because um, one of the places where I haven't been able to get one was Walmart. And, like, they say that, oh, yeah, we've been able to stop thousands of these from being scalped. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I sure haven't seen any of them. (laughs) Yeah, like out of every site that goes up, there is goes by extremely quickly. Yeah. And honestly, like I feel like the main way to get one nowadays is to have somebody like Wario sixty four have your notifications on your phone, and then just hope that you know you're able to tap fast yeah. enough. Like, because it's really ridiculous. And yeah, I um, got I got that yeah, dude on I, my I, Twitter feed. I check it every day. <laughs> yeah. The. But, but yeah, and then like, I, I think for Sony Direct, um, they track your address, mm-hmm. so you're, you're not able to get to there. But again, like their their queue is also all sorts of fucked up. But it seems like they're one of the few that actually tries. And then with Best Buy, 
their button lights up, and then eventually they say, no, wait a few minutes, and they light up again, and it'll eventually be added to your cart. But with Best Buy, you actually have to pick up yours at the mm-hmm. store. So eventually, like, you know, you refresh your stores, and then they're gone yeah. all of a sudden. So I don't know. Like, I, I, I'd offer advice, but it seems like whenever I have it figured out, I, I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. So, and at this and at I, this point, the only advice I involve I would give involves armed robbery. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and especially seeing as how uh, Target and Walmart uh, stopped selling Pokemon cards because of that exact yeah, reason. but because um, people were getting into fights <laughs> trying to get them. Yeah, and I mean knives and shit. We're out. we're not just talking about regular fist fights either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous how all of these things are in such short supply that you know people are literally willing to commit crimes to get them i mean let's be honest uh, covid definitely played a part in it yeah but you know these scalpers man they some scummy bastards yeah it's created a desire for people to try to make quick bucks mm-hmm. where they can whether that's buying stuff that's going to be in short supply and flipping it mm-hmm. or, you know, becoming like a Uber driver, DoorDash, that kind of stuff. You can do these like gig uh, jobs, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, people trying to make the money where they can and some people are more successful than others because they use, you know, bots to try to game the system as much as they can. So it's not easy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Pokemon cards are more popular now than they were 25 years ago. And that was insane back yeah. then. Yeah. That's because that was just kids getting them. Yeah. How many adults were getting into that stuff. And now all those kids grew up. Yeah. Now they're scarred. Mm-hmm. They know what to do. Mm-hmm. They've been battle hardened. Yeah. And yeah. Xbox has an interesting idea here for how to, how to combat this stuff. So they yeah. are using their Xbox Insider uh, program. Yeah. To create this new thing called the console purchase pilot. Yeah. Which essentially use signing up uh, for uh, this program to reserve and purchase an Xbox Series X or S. Mm-hmm. And when your number comes up, they would just, you know, send it out to you like you're picking, like you're pre-ordering some sort of thing for the future. But mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of letting you sign up but there's no real guarantee that you're actually going to get it yeah uh yeah they stress that this will be a limited test open to a small audience mm-hmm. joining the pilot does not guarantee you a console you'll be part of a pool of potential buyers that'll be selected at a later date there's no word on when selected users will be notified and next the pilot is only available to u.s customers mm-hmm. and to reiterate you can only participate participate in the pile through the X- insider app on the xbox one They've chosen you have a choice of a Series X or S, MO complete for transaction on the console. Purchase cannot be made on the web, on PC, or through an Xbox 360 or Series X or S. Yeah, which means I'm shit out of luck because I don't have my Xbox One with me anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I think the S has been the one that's you've been able to get more easily, but it's maybe Yeah, because it's digital only. Yeah, but Um, it's also the thing it's kind of not in as much demand as uh, a Series X or a PS5. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was able to essentially kind of pre-order it back in like December, November or something like that mm-hmm. uh, after launch. And then I got it it's like the first week of December. Yeah. 
you know, saying like, oh, you don't get it till January. He's like, oh, fine. <laughs> like, all right. But they got it like a couple weeks earlier. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that would be the way to solve it is let people that just want the damn thing, like, sign up to get their name on a list. And as you have yeah. units to fulfill, like, send them out. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, like, let me make a reservation, basically. But I'd imagine that the amount of people that would sign up for that sort of thing would probably yeah. be too big to handle. Yeah. She would probably easily have hundreds of thousands of people on those things. Oh yeah. And it's like, Oh, how like Sony doesn't reserve that many units for just themselves mm-hmm. over everybody else. Cause they also have the retail partners that obviously want their own, uh, you know, relatively equal amount of uh, units to, to sell. So it's like the amount of the trickle of that stuff would be incredible. And it's, yeah, it's, it's wild how this stuff is going. And it's, you know, Apple's kind of been doing this kind of thing, but they also have their own supply of this stuff. And I imagine even they'll be affected by the, the shortage of chips. Mm-hmm. It's about Nintendo's expected to put out another switch this fall and somehow not be affected by this stuff. So who knows? Yeah, I I expect that to be a huge problem as well. Like this semiconductor mm-hmm. shortage ain't no joke. And um, Nintendo's already gone out and said that they've had trouble fulfilling switches, but they've also had no trouble selling them either. So I don't know. But uh, I've seen we'll they've see. had a bunch of switches were affected by the Suez Canal getting jammed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that was a month or two ago. Yeah. Uh, so like that's part of a reason for some of the the scarcity of that thing lately. Yeah, it's like it's not even just the the semiconductors, like other parts as well that just not being produced as much as there might be demand for it. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine those companies maybe don't want to produce so much that uh, you know they overproduce, and when the demand goes down, be stuck with a bunch of these things that mm-hmm. they have to then sell for less to make up for it. So that's I think it's part of the reason that there's this shortage that hasn't changed at all. It's because they're mm-hmm. these companies are too afraid of overproducing. So it's all weird as shit. Like even car manufacturers are essentially making dumb cars now without the mm-hmm. computers in them. Because uh, that's all they can do at this point because they can't get all the parts to have the computers in the cars, which is wild when it starts affecting even vehicles. But you wonder if at a certain point, like companies are just going to be like, hey, sell us your old stuff. We'll rip out the chips that we need, that kind of stuff, and recycle them for... This stuff, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the the weekly shit on Brandon's inability to get a PS5 mm-hmm. segment. Uh, well, let's find somebody else to bag on uh, Ubisoft. Uh, Skull and Bones got announced uh, quite a while ago. Uh, I forget which E3 that was, mm. but it still hasn't been close to coming out. And they just announced uh, in their fiscal year stuff that uh, it's not coming out for even quite a while longer than we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's currently set for the fiscal year that goes from, let's see, where's that? April 1st, 2022 to March mm-hmm. 31st, 2023. So it could be at least another full year away at this point. Maybe two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also talked about some of the other games they had in the works. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Far Cry 6, Roller Champions, The Division Heartland, and others are still on the schedule for between now 
and March 31st, 2022 next year. So, so those games are scheduled for this year, just no dates for them yet. Mm-hmm. Imagine trying to get to the point where they're pretty much finished so they can announce dates. They might be at E3 that they announce uh, final dates for all of these games that have been delayed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you've been wondering what the hell happened to Skull and Bones... Yeah. Um, uh, nothing. It's still in the works. I'm honestly shocked they haven't just straight up canceled this game at this point. I mean, I think is, they have a sunk cost fallacy going on where they think like we've done this for too long. And yeah, they turn other games around, you know. Yeah, this one they're not. I really guess it's. But I mean, they've gone. Them. They've gone through a bunch of developers at this point. Um, I want this game to come out, uh, and I want it to be good because. You know, it's basically the entire, like, ship and pirate stuff from Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, as its own game. And, you know, I want it to come out and be good. Um, But there's there's been some... uh, Ubisoft has some issues, basically. And uh, we're fixing to talk about some of them. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, I, I... I personally have no interest in ship duels, but um, I don't remember when the last update or re- last real update to uh, the development was, but I know they've changed um, a bunch of like teams uh, a bunch of times, but I remember that the last update said that it would be more than just a ship fighter, and that's where it had my interest. So I don't know, um, but I do wonder like what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, so... They, along with uh, t- giving the update on Skull and Bones and some of the other games, mm-hmm. they talked about a new initiative they have going on, which is to have more free-to-play games in mm-hmm. the lineup, uh, which makes the Division Heartland a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Why they announced that as like the, the next Division game. Uh, and I guess they have another Tom Clancy free-to-play game coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what the other one is, but... Yeah, it seems like uh, people in the know are saying that they're not really cutting down on like their big budget games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we expect, uh, but I guess maybe having more free to play stuff to supplement that mm-hmm. as uh, they want to do, which wouldn't be a huge surprise to see. Uh, maybe some games switch over to that kind of stuff, like maybe Rainbow Six Siege, that is perpetually on sale for like 10 bucks for the the cheapest version as like, I think the first two seasons worth of characters and want you to, you know, either play your way up to uh, owning the current uh, characters mm-hmm. uh, or just pay for it. But you know, there's a new Rainbow six game that's coming out that could potentially be that. I don't know if they're going to change anything over to that, but it seems like they're going to supplement a lot of, uh, a lot of the stuff they're doing with free-to-play stuff and not just in the, the mobile space. Mm-hmm. Uh, all their stuff in the mobile space is free-to-play anyway. But yeah, this is uh, not too surprising for them because the way they support their games is very much in the same vein that free-to-play games have. Yeah, I mean, they're very big on microtransactions and shit. Yeah, they just either don't charge for that stuff mm-hmm. or they sell season passes in like the case of uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what that means for like their future production stuff. Mm-hmm. 
We have a bunch of stuff that they've announced for the the near future here, mm. as well as stuff like Skull and Bones and Beyond Good and Evil Two that seem so far off that we don't even know if they're you yeah. know still happening or not. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, after the whole uh, branding initiative with like Ubisoft Originals and whatnot, um, I don't expect like you know this new strategy to really affect. Uh, the Ubisoft that you know we're used to as a whole. I, I I do still expect to see like annualized installments for their biggest franchises, and you know I still expect them to be uh, huge AAA games to an extent with season passes and premium um, premium mm-hmm. options. Um, but I do I, I definitely do not expect them to be forcing down um, paid content through, through our throats. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be wrong. Well, but, I, I mean, um, considering Ubisoft hasn't exactly like lost money over Well, the years, yeah, I so. mean, considering the absolute dumpster fire that was the last Ghost Recon game, where they ended up having a massive downturn in profits the, that fiscal year, like they announced as much. Uh, yeah, I think they're probably a lot. Of, they think they're a little bit more thoughtful about any kind of monetization they're putting in their games now. Yeah. To a degree, if anything, like I think, I think it, it could be a knee-jerk reaction toward what Activision's doing with Warzone. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, there's, um, they, they, they definitely do have the IP to come out with their own free-to-play option, especially with their Tom Clancy. Oh products. yeah, Tom Clancy yeah. would absolutely be like, is like that that license is tailor-made for something like Warzone. So yeah. yeah. But you know, with the example of games like you know Beyond Good and Evil, Assassin's Creed, I don't really see them going that route. I could be wrong, but you know they've already have their established fan bases, and they already know what they would and would not mm-hmm. pay for. So. Yeah, the they do have a battle royale game, and the reason that you don't remember it is the reason why they probably don't want to mention it. It's Hyperscape. Yeah, which kind of. Had a pretty decent launch from what I saw, but it's thank without a joke afterwards. Yeah, it's not really evolved as much as they probably would have liked mm-hmm. uh, and grabbed the audience that they wanted. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the weird thing with that. It's like I'm trying to think what other free to play things they've done. It's not been too much, at least on consoles. Mm. But yeah, it would be interesting to see like what. Like Rainbow Six seems like very much a kind of potential cash cow on that front. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when you look at games like a Rainbow Six Siege and even the Division to an extent, like Ubisoft definitely does know how to take advantage of team gameplay in a way to to, to make it like both appealing and um, you know last long. Mm-hmm. So like they they totally understand the live product, but these 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 are also premium games. Yeah. So going free to play would be a little more interesting. Um, again, like I, I go back to what Activision did with Call of Duty Warzone. Like I'm, I'm, um, I'm not a Warzone player, but I know that that game is successful because <clears throat> when it first came out, like it played like you know whatever Call of Duty game you had, and um, you know you you don't have to put the money mm-hmm. into it, but when you do, it's just more beneficial to like you know the, the way you look and whatnot, and it just works. Yeah. So Ubisoft does have to like try to find that formula, but. Um, Again, like I just think that this strategy is really just uh, um, a way to counteract. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if they have anything in the near term that's going to be uh, meeting this little initiative they have. Like the, oh. the Heartland is going to be the the one thing, but I have no idea when that's going to even be happening. 
because I don't think they've really said on that front. But they are like expanding some of their IPs a little mm-hmm. bit, like the Assassin's Creed. They announced like, hey, we got some of these books and these animated features and these webtoons and this kind of stuff that flushes out some of the uh, the game stories and goes even back to some of the older games to add more to them or follow them up, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're not going to get to them with new games, most likely, but uh, they're doing a similar thing with like The Division and like some of the other Tom Clancy stuff. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. that's where some of that free-to-play stuff can do well in and sort of allowing them to touch on some of these other stories if they are keeping them within those universes, but I don't know. Mm. Could be interesting, but yeah, who knows? Because it's just, uh, you know, earnings call talk. No real announcements as part of it, so we'll have to see how that goes in the future, but maybe that'll be at E3 here in less than a month. Mm. Uh, That seems like a possibility, but yeah, for the time being, I think that'll be a show for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank Brandon Danrev for joining this week and thank mm-hmm. everybody at home for watch, uh, listening. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the show. Feel free to tell a friend about it. Please. Uh, tell two friends and then you tell two friends. Tell three friends. And they tell two friends. Yeah. And soon everybody on earth uh, knows about it. I think that's what I heard. If you, have that, you have that kind of uh, uh, spread and it's like 13 tiers to the point you've encompassed mm-hmm. the entire earth. Which is why uh, pyramid right. schemes don't work. Yeah, because <laughs> the people on the bottom have no people to go to if they yeah. do as well as they actually think they are. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're not a pyramid scheme. No, you just listen. We don't to get free. paid for this yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Hope you have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next weekend. And uh, yeah, everybody have a good one.